from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to the Superiority Complex, everybody, your new favorite podcast where we are podcasting responsibly and distancing socially. So you're going to hear everybody's voice today via telephone. First up, my right-hand man, the representing, mm, I don't want to say the boomers, the younger boomers maybe, or older Gen X, we're going to say John Sandy. How you doing, John Sandy? What do you prefer? Howdy. I mean, you're technically in. You're technically. I don't care. The boomers, I I squeak in. With the boomers, I just squeak in. It's like 64 is the cutoff. I was born in 61, so I guess technically I'm a boomer, but I don't don't identify with anybody. You think like a Gen X guy. There's no boomers listening to the Pixies or the Buzzcocks. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's funny. They're eating French onion soup at four in the afternoon. They're not listening to the buzzcocks, John. They're not eating. They're not eating. They're not eating cans of chili over the sink and listening to the buzzcocks. <laughs> oh, <Christ. laughs> I'll just let that go. Here we go. Here we go. And the Dodgers, by the way, quick update. We are okay. So the Dodgers are down. Are you gonna? Let me, let me just tell you guys something. The Dodgers are down. Uh, Atlanta is leading this postgame series. We left last week. Atlanta is leading the series 2 nothing. Dodgers come out. Mookie bets. First bat. Mookie! Do it, John. Mookie! There it is. Mookie, bet, <laughs> Mookie bets. Beats the run. They, have to, they, they actually had to do a replay. They called him safe. Uh, I was telling you guys before the show, Ty should go to the runner. It did. So I'm watching the game as we're down. Now the Dodgers, they get that call. Then the next thing you know, they hit a, they hit a, a, a the Seager smacks one to deep center field. There's a little bit of a trouble getting for Atlanta fielding the ball, and now the Dodgers are up one nothing. We're only on the second batter. This is good. This is good news. This is what I needed to see. All right, that uh, leads. You always say ne- ne- never tell them when you're a broadcast. <laughs> never tell them when you're doing the podcast. You're telling them to the minute. You're telling them to the minute when I'm, you're a podcast. I'm not gonna lie. We I forgot that the, the because of the way the the uh, the the post games uh, is scheduled or the uh, postseason is scheduled. This the games are starting earlier this year. So we said let's do the podcast at three o'clock. I totally forgot game three, and in my head I'm like, well, the Dodgers will be up. Uh, two games to, you know, they'll be up two games to none, so we'll just go ahead and record. Nope, now they're down two games uh, in my hubris. I didn't really think that, but I just totally forgot. And so here we are. So, so we'll be, uh, so I'll be, be reviewing ke- the movies and you'll be you'll be going, slide! 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 <laughs> I'll be keeping an eye on the game. It's one nothing right now, but that leads me to my next introduction, our lovely Justine. Hello, Justine Weenie. So. Justine! Should we Mario, sing it? Mario. Should we sing it? <laughs> we are the champions, my friend. <laughs> last week, last week we said that we, we, were, we were wondering if the Lakers would be champions. And here we are. The Lakers have done it. They did it for Mamba. They did it for Kobe. How do you feel? They should have won the other game before that. <laughs> Wow, it's ne- that's rough. It's never good that's enough. Rough. I mean, the other game was more entertaining, but yeah, Christ. 
Well, you know what? You know, <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. I was at work. I didn't get to see that game. Shout out to my man, Hidish Patel. By the time I was done, he was giving me the play-by-play. So then I asked him, like, you know, where, where it all broke down. He gave me the analysis. So when I got home and I watched the highlights, it was every, exactly as he said, you know, the, the ball just didn't, you know, green clanked it. It and- was really frustrating. And, you know, if we won it, it would have been like, what? you know? I know. But it's fine. We had to wait just the a little longer. They were like, the next game, they were like, you know, we watched the tape. We know what we did wrong. We yeah. This. Well, they, they didn't want to, you know, you also don't want to let a team like Miami creep back into it because they're young and they, you know, they have some, they have some shooters. Um, so, but it was great. It was great to have another championship back in LA. And as soon as I turned on the news and I saw a bus burning, I was like, yes, we're back, baby. We are back. We are back. The Lakers are back. And if the Dodgers can pull this off and they win the World Series, carnage, carnage will ensue. But uh, Mm. I I was excited that uh, I was excited to see the the Lakers back on top. And, you know, I'll be the first to say it. I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, mostly because. Me neither. Here's why, though. Here's my thing. You know, they. Okay, I'll give you mine. Okay. Well, back when Kobe was, back when Kobe was, you know, Kobe, when he was in his heyday, ESPN always needs a, he needs a guy that they're going to focus on. And let me give you guys a hint. A right? villain? Let me tell you. No, they're not a villain. They just need someone they can focus on because let me tell you guys a secret. ESPN will never, underline never, ever highlight anyone who plays out on the West Coast. It's always got to be an East Coast guy. So LeBron was their guy. So when. Kobe was being Kobe and being and dominating the NBA. They were already grooming and hyping LeBron on ESPN. That's all they were. T- you'd see what LeBron had for, for breakfast that day. You'd see his, you know, his whole routine. They, they would just be, be constant LeBron coverage. So I got sick of him. But now that I see him up close and see him in Los Angeles and see what he has done for the community, some of that has gone away. And especially you know his his opinions on you know things like Black Lives Matter and things like that. So having to, having seen him in the local media more this year uh, or the last couple of years, I've really you know some of that has gone away. Um, I still kind of grudgingly, you know, I, I still kind of hold that against him. But uh, you know, he said what he was going to do. He wanted to bring the championship to LA and do it for Kobe, and he did it. So you know, I, I gotta I gotta respect that. I gotta I gotta give him some props for that. What do you say? What say you? Uh, Justine, I just because he's not he's not a West Coast person. Okay, and I don't know if you heard his speech when he won. No, and I didn't. He started talking. Uh, he was like talking about like it doesn't matter like where you're winning. And then he he started listing off different teams, and he didn't mention the Dodgers when he mentioned baseball first. <laughs> he mentioned the Yankees. <laughs> I don't know. It it just I'm like you're an outsider. Mm -hmm. Get him fired. Get him fired. (laughs) Not a fan. That was the thing. Kobe first came over. I was like, I don't know. I still don't like LeBron because he was always put up against Kobe. And I was like, nah. No, it's cool. Kobe's our guy. I mean, Kobe's always going to be our guy. But but I'm a team guy. And uh, Dodgers just scored another thanks to uh, the Fresh Prince Will Smith. Um. The the Dodgers scored. It's up. We're up two nothing in the uh, two nothing two outs in the in the first. Um, uh, Will Smith is the catcher. That's right. Will Smith. 
uh, at, mm. uh, and it, I know we don't have a lot of sports guys on here, so I'm going to let you guys puzzle that one out. But um, uh, yeah, he I, just I, doesn't feel like he's our guy. I just never really believed in him. You feel um, like you feel like he's a hired gun. No, I just I, I would say that now that we won, I respect him. I just yeah. don't really care for him. That's fine. <laughs> that, that's totally fine. And I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, you know, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for this win. Thank you. Yes. I, I'm, I just, it's still hard for me to make you a Laker in my mind, but you are. You, so it's fine. You know what? You know what you can you know what you can liken this to, Justine? It's we like the country over the party. We're not we're not party over country guys. We're not going to sell out for LeBron and then be like, we are happy that the Lakers won. We're not going to be. Gr-. I know a lot of people are saying they dislike him so much they didn't want them. They didn't want the Lakers to win because they dislike LeBron. And I would never ever say that. Those are the people who. No, I feel like he tried to like. Those are the people like who what? Jay? People over. Those are the those are the people who voted for Trump because they hated Hillary so much. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. We're not those type of people. I'm sorry, we we interrupted you, Justine. But I feel like now he's winning people over, but he's still just not my guy. He's I would never I don't think I'll ever own a LeBron jersey. Here's what here's the way I feel about <laughs> it. I feel that says LeBron. I feel yeah, I feel like what what's gonna what you're gonna see happening now is LeBron is gonna start to transition everything over to ad they're gonna people are gonna want to yeah. come here and win and play and ad is gonna be like the centerpiece and they're gonna start building exactly. the team around ad and then lebron yeah. will transition out but again i appreciate the uh, you know lebron's yeah. a mercenary he always has been and he he will take his talents wherever he feels they need to go but i want my team to win damn it you know what i mean like there are very few players that i will say no like i would have not wanted the dodgers to win with barry bonds because i hated barry bonds um, right now, I want the Dodgers to win with anybody. Please, dear God, uh, win one, Dodgers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that may change. But the Lakers, I always felt like the Lakers were were always ready to come back. Like, the Lakers have been like a team in my life that they'll go away for a little while and come back. So I wasn't, it wasn't really, I, I, it wasn't a question in my mind that they were, it was just a question of when, not if, you know. So that was a long intro, Justine. That was good, though. But congratulations to our Lakers. I, feel like I have we, a question. I feel like we did it. Well, let's go ahead and introduce Handsome Dan Handsome. How you doing, Handsome Dan? Hello. I'm fantastic. I'm about halfway through a, a nice double whiskey sour. Beautiful. What kind of whiskey are you using in that? Uh... Oh, God. I don't remember. Uh, bullet, I think. Bullet. Are you using rye or are you using a bourbon? The bullet rye. Bullet, bullet rye is no, good stuff. Uh, bullet, bullet, bullet bourbon. It's the orange label. It's the orange label. Uh, you know, I found bullet... Bullet bourbon at Trader Joe Trader Joe's uh for like thirteen bucks when it when it first yeah, actually and it's, uh, it's pretty cheap and it's fantastic. Now it's a little bit more, but uh Trader Joe's is a place to go get some of your booze, right, John? You betcha. All right. Uh what was your question? What was your question, Jake? When did the NBA season start? It started in October. I was at oh, the opening oh. game last year. And when did it end? October. <laughs> so no I'm like, I have no idea. Well, you, yeah, started. they had it. My dad is so happy right now. He's like, all of the sports are happening right now. <laughs> yeah. This is beautiful. Um, He's like, this is the best October. <laughs> yeah. Everything's on right now. There's football, baseball, basketball. Everything. Yeah. 
So yeah. um, when does it normally? Does it normally start in October? It does start in October. It goes. It goes till April, and then what happened was we started going into quarantine. They had about two or three weeks left in the season, so they just postponed okay. it. They just postponed it, and then. Uh, so that's another thing I want to give a shout out to the Lakers. You had to put everything on pause and come back and continue winning because the Lakers were kind of, uh, they were on, they were dominant during the season. They were doing very well. They had a great season. And then, you know, you had to kind of put everything on pause. Everything was gelling very well, but they were able to pick up and just keep going. So shout out to those, um, shout out to those Lakers. All right. All right. Uh, so handsome Dan, you're doing well. You have a whiskey sour. And you said, what did you say mm-hmm. at the start of the show before we started? <laughs> what do we get? I don't remember. So we oh, get- that you guys get about half hours of me being funny, and then I'm just going to be dead quiet for the next hour and a half. <laughs> right when we need you. Yeah. When we need you for the movie yeah. review, you're going to be as quiet as possible. I'm asking all these questions, I'm commenting, and then the second we talk about the movie, like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah it was good, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it, was a, uh, it was very poignant. And then snoring. And then, yeah, yeah, light snoring. Well, I'll tell you who's being very quiet today. As quiet as a church mouse, some would say. That's our own Patrick. How you doing, Patrick? Hi, everybody. I'm good. Patrick, true, pro- true professional. No waited, waited to be introduced before he spoke. I was trying to be polite. Everybody was talking, so, you know. Oh, it's good. Everybody's excited. Everybody want we all want we all like getting together. You know? We miss each yeah, other. It's yeah, we miss each other Terrible. I mean, you and Justine don't miss each other, but me, you know, we miss you guys and we miss Jake <laughs> yeah, and we miss know. John Sandy and We miss someday getting someday we'll be together. Oh man. Someday we'll be together. Do 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 do. I'm just doing the guitar part. You do the rest of the part. You do you do the rest. Jock Peterson just hit a three-run home run in the bottom with two outs in the bo- in the top of the first. Five nothing. Mute me. I'm gonna go watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's five nothing. Doyers. So uh, we have to keep. You want to do that? By the way, guys, I am super. No, here's the thing. I am superstitious, so we have to we have to podcast the entire length of the game. So yeah, we have to podcast because uh, I got to keep. I'm gonna say peace and peace out. We're good at bullshitting that long. Like I think we'll be fine. We could easily. How was your day? We could easily do a a uh, a five hour podcast. Um, Wow, I don't think that's a problem for us. We just. Just don't stop recording, and we and we end up talking for like two hours past after the podcast anyway. Uh, by the way, guys, we've done an hour before. <laughs> we've done an hour before the podcast. Sometimes in the time we were talking, Edwin Rios just hit a solo home run. Dodgers are now sick up six nothing over the Atlanta Braves. Wow, you're lying. I'm not kidding. <sighs> so. Uh, yeah, so do this, it for Vin. We're doing do it, it for Vin. Do it for Johnny. Weird when listeners are listening now. <laughs> like this is the past. Maya. This is the past, man. Get out of the past. Live yeah. in the now. Live in the now. Did everybody have a good week? Did everybody have a great good week? Yeah, just been working a lot. No complaints. I am oh. off this week because I'm supposed to be in Hawaii. What? Wow. Why aren't Whoa. you in Hawaii? For the 
for the wedding, right? Yeah, this was my sister's wedding week, so I didn't change wow. my day off. Nice. What are you going to do? I'm just doing homework. <laughs> oh. I have a final this week, and I'm done with one class, but like that's the end of the week. So would you have would you have done that from Hawaii? Would you have done schoolwork from Hawaii? I wouldn't have signed up for classes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just pretending I'm in Hawaii while I'm cleaning the house and doing homework. Uh, do you yeah, want just some? Drink wow. a lot of my drink a lot of my ties and pina coladas, and you'll feel right at home. Oh, we're Actually, going. I've been hookah. skating. You've been what? Skating. What kind of skating? Roller skating. Have you really? Wow. And my right. helmet came in yesterday, so now I can be more of a daredevil. I, I love it. Helmet. helmet. Uh, let me ask you a wow. question. Are you wearing giant, giant 70s headphones while you roller skate? And like Daisy Dukes with like tube socks all the way up. Mm-hmm. Like silk uh, shorts. Yeah. In a crop top. Um, I don't know what I'm wearing. Are you, are you square? Oh, no. I was wearing leggings because I don't want to scrape up my body yet. But I have my my knee pads, my elbow pads. Hey, guys, safety is sexy. I just didn't have a helmet until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then my, my sticker that says safety is sexy is coming in, too. So it's going on my helmet. Just letting wow. it know. No, scrapes okay. are sexy. <laughs> battle scars chicks big scars yes, battle scars well I was waiting so I got my helmet in so today I'm going to practice falling I'm going to do a lot of falling today mm-hmm. just to prep could it be I'm falling in love <laughs> no and giant headphones what you, do. you and don't practice and then you go down a really steep hill what, and you eat shit what do you listen to never- what do you listen to do you listen to like get down Boogie, oogie, oogie, get down. No, lately I've been skating. I was skating with my cousin, so I was talking to her while we were, like, skating. The other time I was skating, I was using Marco Polo, so I was talking to my friends while skating. Uh-huh. Wow. I, haven't, like, I haven't had, like, a zen moment while I'm skating yet. Maybe today while I'm practicing falling. <laughs> there you go. This maybe you some should earth, uh, some earth, wind, and fire, maybe. I'm going to do some, no. chub- what is it, Chubba chub- Chumba Wumba? <laughs> Chumbawamba, I can't say it right. You, you How fall- about uh, some Fleetwood Mac dreams while you're skating? Yeah, why don't you come yeah. up with a viral TikTok video? <laughs> yeah, your wife sent me a picture of her putting on her skates while she was listening to, while she was singing along to that. Wow, Stevie Nicks, I think. Yeah, is this becoming? Is this a new trend? So Nicole's also uh, roller skating? No, not that I know of. She said your wife is roller skating. No. No, she said she won't. Oh. No. I, don't. I think she should. She can just wear like those butt pads. That's probably the only <laughs> safety I can buy. I didn't buy a butt pad. We, we like to, uh, we, this is, everyone's going to Whittier Skate Land, John, on Whittier Boulevard. Oh, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was there forever. And then listening to like, it's Ladies' Choice, everybody. Then it'd be like, Debbie Deb, when I hear music, it makes me dance. And everybody would skate backwards. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, man. Uh, did, did you ever roller? Did, I used to roller skate when I was a kid. I used to love it. I used to love, love roller skating. I only rollerbladed. So this is my, when I skates came in, it was the first time I actually skated with roller skates. Mm. But I felt like it was the same. I just can't break from the back. Yeah, breaking uh, on roller skates is hard. It's weird. 
eat the break from the front, but mm-hmm. I right now only do like a spin instead of a break. Mm-hmm. Or I'll like jump in the air and break, <laughs> but I won't use the front stopper yet. It's it's mm-hmm. confusing. Our friend Tawny. Yeah. Our friend Tawny has a sister. Her sister is actually on the show once. Her sister Farron, and she does. She has a she has an Instagram account. She does. She roller skates like crazy, and it was cool because she was putting it on Instagram, and then like she was progressively getting better and better. And you saw her like progress every time she would put uh, a video out. It was kind of cool. I like. So you're asking me to? No, I mean if you want to, throw it up on, (laughs) throw it up on (laughs) everything you do. Follow it at (laughs) at Justine Weenie, and she's going to have some videos of her falling. And uh, Patrick, being the helpful boyfriend, is probably going to put out like bags of glass and stuff for her to fall into, so she breaks her fall. Bags of nails. Get the rocks in front of me. All that Legos, Lego bricks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those will be everywhere. It'll be like That's a wily Coyote cartoon. <laughs> putting stuff in front of you. Uh, Patrick, are you joining no. in on the fun? For uh, Are you roller no, skating? No, I, I, I ordered them for her. I didn't get any for myself. It's my birthday gift. That's disappointing. He ordered it in May. It came in last week. Wow. Wow. Well, you know what we Boy, do for really did screw up the post office. You know what we did for birthdays. Ha- you know, happy birthday to you. No, too late. Okay. No, we sang that on our birthday last time. Uh, John, you're not kidding about the post office. You are not kidding, and they're saying yeah. now that Amazon Prime Day is screwing up uh, the mail too, along with all of the no, ballots really. that are supposed to be going out. Last I'm night, so sure. Last night, I left my mother's house around, uh, we, 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 we watched the Dodger game, and I left there around uh, 8 o'clock, and um, there was, the postman was just delivering to my mom's neighborhood. He had like a flashlight on his helmet, and he was walking around. I go, gosh, this guy's out late. Something must have happened. We got our mail at home, got, got here to the house. Our mail didn't show up till after 9 o'clock. Here, wow! So they well, at least they're still delivering. You know, I talked to somebody at the Whittier um, post office, and they said, "Yeah, they're they're delivering after dark." That means they're doing their job. You know, some uh, uh, some um, cities they're not. They just say that's it. The last truck is rolled. You're done. But uh, I don't know why. But they said no, Whittier. They just keep going till it's all delivered. So maybe it has True. to do with who's running that post office. You know? Yeah. Through yeah. rain, through snow, through sleet, through Republican presidential. Years. <laughs> boy, oh boy! The the good news, well, the good news is they say a lot of people are voting early where they can. They're voting in person and early because they've all gotten the word that you can't trust. You can't trust the post office to get it there. And uh, God, they're even. What is it? They're removing drop boxes. Is it, is it Texas where they're, they're removing drop boxes? Well, California. Well, California fake has one. some like oh, fake ones from the. Republic. No, that those are ballot boxes. That's, That's right. different. That's different. California, they were putting, they were putting up fake ballot ballot boxes. Um, yeah. But Texas, uh, Texas was uh, saying we're only going to have one ballot box per county. And they took it to court, and the judge said, no, no, no. That's not going to work. Put them back. You can't get one Dropbox for the entire county. That's but just blatant. I, I love that like, they are on. I love that they are now uh, just blatantly uh, suppressing votes. And, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, nobody's – and, you know, they're just trying to do it. They're just trying to get away with it. Um, and, you know well, – They said uh, the, the word is out. The word is out. Everyone is – anywhere they can vote early, people are doing it in record numbers they, because nobody trusts – 
the situation. They said the only way is to do it as early as possible because, uh, you know, hopefully you get it. We'll get a landslide, you know, uh, that's what we're hoping. And speaking of landslides, John, it is now eight nothing Dodgers. Still the first inning. Okay. On a wild no, pitch. Landslide. Seager playing yourself a uh, have yourself a Dodger dog. Seager easternmost in quality, westernmost in flavor. Yeah, Vin Scully would be loving it right now. He's probably is. He's watching in the. He's out in the. He's watching. He's watching. Do it for Vin. Are they playing Mario? Yes, sir. Are the Dodgers playing against a Little League team? <laughs> no, they're playing against the Atlanta Braves, who shut them down uh, until the ninth inning last night. The Dodgers had no; they were they were they were they were powerless. They were powerless. And it's eight zero in the first inning. It's eight nothing, but it looks like they're going to maybe reverse the call because it looks like Justin Turner's foot might have interfered with uh, the ball. It w- was a wild pitch, and it looked like Justin P- Turner might have booted it. There's like, no mercy rule in professional baseball. Uh, no, we were down. The Dodgers were down eight nothing, but um, they were they were down eight nothing in the ninth, and then uh, ended up coming back, losing eight seven. But they scored seven runs with two outs, hmm. so uh, or with one out. I'm sorry. Uh, so Mario, which which uh, yesterday, what Tommy's were you at? I I, I laughed so hard when you uh. Oh, you texted, you know, I just dropped 30 bucks for two meals. They, when did Tommy's get so excited? They went to, I went to, the, I took, I took Tommy. We we're going to watch the Dodger game at my take. I went to my mom's like, oh, I'll take her chili dog, you know? And, uh, went, I got her a combo and I got a, a chili burger combo and, uh, it was like 27 bucks. It's like 27 yeah, bucks. Yeah. Tommy's that was used to, hilarious. Tommy's well, used know, to, they, they just, uh, they keep raising their prices. Like they, about once a year, they raise them way, you know, like they add a buck to everything, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. Yep, stay. Uh, the call okay. stays seven nothing. Uh, Max Muncie is up. Uh, yeah, John. I mean, they're they're out in the open. Uh, you know, so the GOP here in California, if you guys didn't hear, they put up a bunch of fake ballot boxes at you know your churches and your gun stores and stuff like that. And people were people were dropping off. They had to make an announcement not to. Uh, the, the the secretary of state of California had to, um, or the, yeah, the, the secretary of state of California had to come out and tell people you can't, don't, please don't drop in these boxes, and they're ha- they're making them remove them, but they were just putting them out. It's like their attempt at ballot yeah, heart. So yeah, so blatant. God, it's so blatant. And that's, and that's, that's not so illegal. Hideous. That's not illegal. It is illegal. Yeah, it is illegal. That, so, yes, that is definitely Christ. illegal. Yeah. And these people and these people aren't getting reprimanded for suppressing. Oh yes. There will be, there will be, there they will be, uh, it will be forthcoming. But one of these guys posted it on his like his Instagram, like, look, I'm dropping it off at this box. And yeah, it, it was it, a picture of him with it. Mm-hmm. The picture got taken down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the state of California had to issue it, issue a, you know, issue a statement saying, do not use these. You know, go to, if you go to our website, yeah. we'll tell you where. You know where you need to drop this stuff off. I, by the way, have already voted. My my vote is in. Um, yeah, I dropped it off. I, I got I got the got the ballot in the mail. Uh, spent a day uh, studying up on the propositions, and then I made my votes. And then there we go. So now we're. Are you wearing your sticker? I I voted sticker. I have it. I have my sticker. It's there. It's ready to go. <laughs> you just gotta wear it on your forehead at work. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, 
Get so, a tattoo. Get a tattoo that says "I voted" on your shoulder. Yeah, you know we're uh, we're we're making it happen, man. And then you know everybody's got uh, the COVID cases are back on the rise, so it looks like we're going to be yep. doing this podcast this way for the for the time being. Feasible future. Yep. Well, it's because it, it's on the rise, and then they're like, you know what we should do? We should open up indoor dining to twenty five percent. That's a good well, idea. Like, there's been the first couple cases of people popping up that have are re getting it and their symptoms are a lot worse and it's not like they're not showing signs of getting antibodies and being able to protect themselves no it's crazy kidding. yeah it's, wow. it's insane what's happening right now yeah they don't yeah, think they say you're only uh this only gives you about three months they say it may, it may yeah, give you like immunity for like three months right there's the the immunities you're building up are not strong enough to protect you and they don't last it's crazy it's, it's gotta make it tougher that's got to make it tougher to do get a vaccine. It's got to make it tougher, you know. Uh, that's I, the whole idea. I hate to say it, so, but just shut the whole fucking thing down again so we can all survive. I don't know why they don't they're care. not doing it now. We keep getting this huge surge. They don't they care. They don't care. They don't believe it. You, you still have half the country doesn't believe it. There's still talk about Riverside County shutting down. I think this week, but yeah, haven't heard anything. Uh, Max Muncie with. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I don't know what more you need. Half the com- the country, half the country doesn't believe it exists. The president got it, and they still don't believe it exists. Oh, know? we just lost somebody. Who do we lose? Uh, Patrick. Okay, hold on. Uh, by the way, we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna Game on. we're gonna pause Whoa. we're gonna pause for a station identification real quick, and we're gonna grab Patrick. But by the way, uh, Max Muncy just hit a grand slam, eleven nothing. <laughs> uh, the Dodgers just set a record for most runs. In any postseason inning ever. Uh, so that's happening wow. right now. So give me a second and we'll get Patrick back. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our digital movie club, guys. We are back, everyone. Welcome back. Superiority Complex at your service. Uh, we're here ready. It's Digital Movie Club time, guys. Are you guys excited? Oh, yeah. You guys mm-hmm. pumped? All right. Uh, let's kick it with the theme. That's uh, not the word I'd use. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Yantan, 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 <laughs> wow! Uh, Patrick just Patrick. gave up. Patrick gave up. There are kids. Yeah, there's no kids, kids that listen to our show. There's kids that listen yeah. to this show. What kids? They've, they've Come heard. On. They're in the car. They're in the car with their parents. Their parents. Oh. Their parents want to know what what '80s movies we've watched. Before. You know. My man. It this happens. is how Patrick's gonna father. <laughs> Well, there's other reasons, but yeah. Um, so, guys, which one? We have two movies. Two. Uh, we, had, we had this is a good week. Uh, Glory. We watched Glory and uh, Do the Right Thing, both from uh, 1989. And uh, I believe uh, Justine, did you pick last week? No, I picked last week. 
Okay, so let's do Jake because Jake is the first. He's gonna be. He's gonna nod off first. So let's have Jake. We want him lucid, lucid, a lucid goosed, as we say. I've been I've been sipping, so we, you got. I think you got like another twenty minutes. Okay, good. So so which do you have more to say on? Which movie do you have more to say about? Do you have more to say about Glory, or more to say oh about boy. about um, uh, do the right oh thing? Oh God. Doesn't matter. Uh, let's do glory. Let's do glory. Glory. We're going. Okay, glory. Uh, give us the rundown, please, Patrick. Glory. This 1989 film received a 7.8 on IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, released December 15th, uh, with a whopping budget of uh, 18 million. Uh, box office was a. Uh, kind of a, a low twenty six point nine million dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Made his money Did back. Make a lot of money. It in did, that. Didn't make a lot yeah. of money. Wasn't a huge. Uh, well, it, it got some. It got some it very well reviewed, but uh, not a huge. Uh, not a huge. But it, when, when and when you consider the cast, if you release yeah. this movie now with that cast, uh, you'd make it'd be a blockbuster. Uh, it got some yeah. Oscars. That- yeah, people don't go flocking to the theaters for a Civil War movie. Yeah, what uh, what 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 awards did it win? Did it did it win any Academy Awards? Uh, uh, Academy Awards yeah. for best sound mixing. Uh, hold on, I have it right here. What was it nominated for, and what did it win? Uh, Academy Awards best cinematography and best sound mixing is what it won, and okay. then oh, also best uh, uh, actor in a supporting role. Denzel Washington. Denzel. Denzel, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, And does it say what Denzel was wearing when he was nominated for the (laughs) I have to. Uh, Uh, It was nominated for uh, Best Art Direction and Best Film Editing. Okay. All right. So not none of the – it wasn't up for any of the major Oscars, but, I mean, Denzel won for Best Supporting, so – so there's that. So that is one of the major awards, obviously. But it wasn't up for best picture, or best best screenplay, or you know, best director, or anything like that. No. Um, uh, and John and I had seen it. I'm pretty sure John had seen it. I obviously own it, so I had seen yep. it. Had anyone else seen this movie? I had seen it in high school. High school? You saw it in high school? I think so too. Justine or or, or Jake? No, never seen it. I think I saw it in high school. Also. I don't remember. I, it I, remember I think I remember seeing it for. Why are you Something. trying to be cool? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jake, tell us what. what weird. T- weird. T- tell us what you. So, Glory is the story of the uh, of of. Well, let's go back. So, it tells the story from Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick is it's a true story. Matthew Broderick is uh, is a young uh, army officer, Robert Gouldshaw, during the um, war from Massachusetts, and he is now in charge of the 54th Massachusetts Massachusetts Infantry, uh, which is comprised of all black soldiers. And this is the story of how they're um, recruited, and then uh, they started, in kind of a typical military fashion, followed them through training and then into um, into their roles during the war, into their into combat during the war. Um so it's it's told basically from his point of view as a white officer in charge of an all black regiment during, you know, civil war. Um, so you had not seen this, Jake. What did you think? 
I think I, I think I saw it in high school. I was very hazy on it. I remember, I remember seeing a couple of the scenes throughout the movie, but I don't remember it as a whole. And it's good. It's really good. It's just, it's so heavy, mm-hmm. especially now. Well, this is. I mean, this is. Uh, these are both pretty poignant movies for the times right now. Yeah. All this systemic racism going on right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, super heavy. But I forget the name of the general. But what a what a what a guy! Just treating them all, just treating them all like, just treating them all the same like soldiers, and just wanting the best for his regiment. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, well, you know, obviously, you know, being from Boston and and you know, he's he's a you know, he grew up in Boston, which is, you know, the north. But the thing that that his that, uh, parents, I think they, his parents were abolitionists, I think. Yes. Yeah, they were mm. yeah, they were. And then but what what really caught me and what this movie kind of stresses is that um there's um I, you you get the idea that you know when you when you read the history in the in the in your history books, you assume well the North were the good guys, right? The North are the good guys, right? But they this movie oh. this movie takes pains to show you that even the people that were, you know, supposed to be on the side of you know on the quote unquote good, right, or on the good guy side, uh, even they weren't above you know racism and being you know absolutely deplorable people. Um, and that was the other captain who was in charge of the other regiment, the all black regiment. Well, you know, you just see, yeah, you just see all of the resistance that that Matthew Broderick's character gets every step of the way, even to get them, you know, basic basic necessities like their shoes and uh, you know their uniforms. Uh, you know, everything that he has to go through to get them what other soldiers soldiers are are just given automatically. Um, mm-hmm. And then you see kind of the. You know, you see the rank and file soldiers, you know, how they treat the black soldiers, you know, and um, and so you, you get this idea that, what you know, it, it for me, you know, growing up, you know, you know, it might sound somewhat naive, but this is the first time that really made me think, oh, yeah, maybe not everybody who's supposed to be on the quote unquote, you know, side of good or what have you uh, is, you know, all good or, you know, they don't have the best intentions, you know. Uh, it's the way they it's the way they teach it, you know. The way you're taught, they they pretty kind of like simplify it, streamline it, in, so it's you know good and bad. It's, it's taught in black and white. It's not taught about the, all the gray area. All the gray all area, that. and that's what both of these movies, both of these movies that we we talk about this week, there's a lot of of that gray area that 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 we kind of operate in as a as a as a society. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you, you're right, Jake. It's very heavy um, because you see that a lot of these soldiers, uh, you know, a lot of these, you know, uh, the situations they find themselves in, and they're not just fighting racism from the enemy, but they're fighting racism from within their own, within their own uh, ranks. You know, so there's a there's a lot to kind of unpack here too. Um, but you know, the the cast is great. And bless you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Denzel Washington was fantastic. Um, Matthew Broderick did a great job. Um, Even um, Morgan Freeman did a fantastic job. Yes. Andre Brower. The whole cast was solid. Even, um, yeah, Andre Bauer. I think he was probably my favorite character. Yeah. You know, educated, you know, free, educated, uh, grew up with the main character, uh, 
and uh, grew up with you know with Robert Gould Shaw and and uh, and then what he has to go through to be a soldier because he he wants to fight because he believes in it and he realizes you know he's not cut out to be a soldier really at least at first you know yeah that scene where they were um, what was it oh that scene where they were teaching him how to use the bayonet mm-hmm and he just starts bursting into tears mm-hmm. oh man that was rough yeah. Yeah, that that's a good scene, and those, all the scenes with he and Denzel, that tension that they have um, is really really good and so well acted. So you know, it's, it's like two heavyweights going at it. You know, uh, but uh, did you? Uh, let me ask you this: uh, How did the ending uh, grab you? Um, Matt, or um, is it General Shaw, Colonel Shaw? Uh, he's Colonel. Colonel Shaw. Colonel Shaw. Yeah. Colonel, Colonel Shaw's hair was way too perfect when they threw him into that pit. <laughs> it was like perfect. It was like perfect L'Oreal like commercial hair when he was thrown into there. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I, I'll tell you what. G- g- to give Matthew Broderick some credit, you don't think of. I did not think of Ferris Bueller once. When, when I see this, I don't think of Ferris Bueller no, at all. Not at all. Uh, I did. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yes. There was no winking at the camera. There was no fourth wall breaks. Uh, I think that that immediately turns any role he does into a <laughs> into a Ferris Bueller. He's narrating a movie again. Yeah, he's narrating a movie. How but many he's times not, has he narrated a movie? Is he staring at the camera and giving you like a little wink? No. Uh, and you I know, like um, at, at the end, when he got out of the trench and said, Go home. What, are you still here? Go home. <laughs> <laughs> you still here? The war's over. Go home. That's fantastic. Pretty wacky. Um, that would have been a great little a great little after credit thing there. Yeah, in Cody, his bathrobe, yeah. Cody Bellinger just hit a home <laughs> run in the second. It's 12 nothing Dodgers in the second. Um, uh, I was going to go on to uh, Patrick here. Patrick, uh, you had seen this in high school revisiting it now is one of those things where you had to watch it and you were just kind of like, uh, or do you remember, uh, did you, what were your thoughts on it then versus now? I definitely don't think in high school, I appreciated it as much as I do now. Um, this movie tells a really fascinating story and Denzel Washington for me steals it. Um, a hundred percent, just his character alone, like the way he emotes through everything. Um, was fantastic it was actually really interesting too because i was reading up some trivia on it like um he had said he'd almost passed it up uh the role itself but the reason he took it was because it gave him the opportunity to play like a really well-rounded full character not like Mm one-dimensional which was really cool and then um that whip scene apparently uh the director said that he actually like denzel had actually stood there and gotten whipped it wasn't an actual whip it was an artificial one that didn't leave like uh cuts or anything but it stung and everything like that And like that final tear was real wow just crazy to believe yeah it's crazy to believe um and it's just like this movie's fascinating the story is amazing to hear and it's really well done because like we've talked about like you really see the gray area of that there were shitty people on both sides that were just in it for the profit and didn't really care. And then you had racists on both sides that were just doing it to survive pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it's, it's really 
it was well done and it, it's a powerful story. The ending's a little that last fight scene doesn't quite sync up well for me, yeah. but it's still a pretty powerful moment. What? Why didn't uh, it sync up for you? What? What? What do you think? Uh, it's uh, the combat, like just them running up towards the end. It didn't seem for as much as they were leading up to it. It didn't seem grandiose enough, but it didn't seem real either. It was somewhere in between. Uh, well, you so know, the, I, I, well, I don't the, know. That's what kind of felt. like. I think the problem is with. I think the problem is more um, with the movies we've watched so far. They've been uh, pretty gritty war movies, you know, except for like maybe, um, well, we didn't watch um, Kelly's Heroes, but, you know, we haven't watched a lot of, you know, we watched, you know, Full Metal Jacket, you know, we've watched uh, mm-hmm. The Longest Day, all pretty realistic stuff, you know, pains taken to make them as realistic as possible. Um and I think with the Civil War, I think it's so far away from us, and the tactics are so. If they weren't horrifying, they would be laughable. It's like, look, you're marching into these yeah. cannons, but that's really what they did back then. That's really yeah, what they. No. <laughs> you know, it's de- it definitely was. It's just, it's like I don't. It, it just felt kind of like they had an opportunity to do a really big moment. Uh, a bigger moment, and they kind of missed it. Okay, yeah, all right. It, it, it was. It wasn't bad. It just. It. Uh, I think they could have done more with it. Like his death was meaningful, and that was really nice and stuff like that. But it, I think it leads more toward the cinematography for me than anything else, um, because the moment was important. It was just kind of the way it was shot. That I don't know. They could have probably. By the way, this one a lot of it was like backed up out of focus just this won an oscar for best cinematography by the way i know i I, I (laughs) it's just personal opinion opinion uh, valid i'm just kidding because i think some of the cinematography is beautiful like you know there are scenes in this movie where it's really well done it's just that moment i think fell a little short for me Okay. Hey, Patrick, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, uh, but I think the problem is by the time that they get to the top, there's so few of them left. You know, it's, I was thinking I mean, it's hard. It's hard to make make something out of this because there's just a handful of them left by the time they get to the top, you know? Yeah. I mean, that could be it, too. But I, I think like just, you know, because it was a lot of like long focus shots to give you like the scale of everything. Yeah. It didn't quite portray enough of the emotion that you could have gotten. Yeah out of it yeah i think that's where it kind of sticks with me yeah but you know i could be crazy it's just my opinion no that's okay all right uh you did enjoy it though yeah yeah it's a fantastic movie and uh like i said denzel washington was amazing in this um he's always a wonderful actor but like this was really impressive uh justine justine weenie our resident war movie expert what did you think um, it's not the kind of film I'm usually into, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was good. What do you mean? Um, it, what do you mean? It's not the kind of movie you're usually into. You have loved war movies. She's a world war, world <laughs> war. Movie. Yeah, but we haven't watched too many civil. Yeah, that's the only, I think this is the only one. This is the only visit we're going to make to the civil war. Uh, yeah, how boring! Con- your own country fighting itself—that's so boring. <laughs> ah, I can, that would never happen. I don't know; they're not like as interesting to me. 
Because, like, when you're watching it, they're like, okay, it's hacked. And it's like, I don't, I think there's just, like, no plan. And it just kind of, like, this doesn't really work for me. But it's fine. That was their, that was their strategies and tactics. I feel like it was kind of a remnant of old, like, medieval war tactics where it makes sense with hand-to-hand combat. But when you're able to shoot at each other from 100 yards away... Yeah, I was just kind of you're just making you're, you're just making yourself a huge target. Yeah, it really you have was. to reload. That's crazy that they're all lined up just feet away from each other and they've all got to reload. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like quick, quick, reload. Yeah, I think watching it was it's good and informative. The whole thing with their socks and their shoes, mm-hmm. like seeing his feet was like oh, it was so gross. And then. um uh, what's that guy's Those are name? Denzel's actual feet. Um, Morgan Freeman, Denzel. Carrie. Who? Carrie. Hmm? Who's Carrie? Oh, Carrie Always? Yeah. Dread Pirate Roberts? Just like his whole, I don't, I mean, who knows if this is real or not, where he's just like, don't do that to them. Don't whip him. Don't have like this white guy do that. It was just like wow. I was just watching him go back and forth with that. It was kind of interesting. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be a movie where you don't say much, and then you give it an eight. I just have that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was not a fan of Broderick's performance at all in the whole movie. You were not. It was. I like his character. I mean, I like the story, like how the story was told. I'm sure history, like they changed some things, but like his thing was cool. But I was just not a fan of him. Apparently, he looks incredibly like Shaw. Like is, there was likenesses. That's probably why they why they casted him. Is it because his um, Boston accent came and went? Is, is that why? Maybe. <laughs> no, I just. His whole look, I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I couldn't fall for it. I just, all I saw was her feeler. I could not yeah. see that. She needs, she needs Steve McQueen. Well, she all I see Steve now, in there. well, what's, what's sad is, you know, society has ruined this for me because now when I see Matthew Broderick in this movie, all I think is that he's going to order an IPA or he's going to order, you know, uh, he's going to order uh, some kind of interesting old fashioned that you've never heard of with artisanal cracked ice. That's what he looks like. You know what I mean? He would have a man bun now. You know what I mean? Like he would have that little facial hair and then the man bun. So that kind of, that, that's what ruins uh, it for me. You know? look yeah, isn't it weird that, it's weird that mustaches and facial hair has, it's come around again. Yeah. Like, like the guys on the Dodgers, they have like civil, they have beards like they had when they were playing baseball in 1899. Yeah, to- Tony Gonsolin, Tony Gonsolin who pitched last night, would would fit in one of them. If you put him like in in an old timey baseball uniform, yeah. like something Honus Wagner was wearing, he would he would fit right in. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're wearing beards like they did during the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Chris, crazy. Christy Mathewson or and something. That's, that's the way it was with the hippies too in the sixties. They said, you know, everyone's going on about the long hair, but this is you know the beards and the hair. That's the way it looked back in like the you know, Civil War days. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, Fashion has a way. It has fashion has a way of recycling itself. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, even noticing like, that they were in a tent, you know, and there was a bunch of them in one tent, it's just, yeah, it gave a lot of context and you're able to understand it and how it went for them. But um, did, did you look at any trivia for this movie? That's how I always know that you... No, I didn't. Uh, Patrick did, though. Patrick looked up the trivia. Yep. That's interesting. I did. 
did you find any other interesting tidbits, Patrick? Um, well, like I said, Broderick looked a lot like Shaw. Uh, his mustache and beard slowly darkens over time to express the passage of time. Mm. Um, all of the reenactors, like the extras, uh, did it voluntarily without pay, which was crazy. That is another uh, thing. That is another thing that I was going to point out. That I always notice when I watch war reenactors are crazy. Well, that's what I mean. You can tell the difference between extras who are kind of stuntmen and used to doing real physical stuff. You could tell these a lot of these guys are Civil War reenactors, and that's no. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess if that's what you want to do on the weekends, it's basically the OG LARPing if you think about it. Um, (laughs) But. You can yeah. tell, you can tell that, you know, I mean, obviously for the combat scenes, the hand-to-hand combat scenes, they have trained, you know, there are probably trained, mm-hmm. you know, stuntmen in there. But, you know, in some of the scenes, you could just tell, I go, I, you could just spot it. You're like, oh, these guys do this on the weekend. You know what I mean? So uh, it was kind of weird. It was, it, the, I mean, I think the, the director said there would have been no way to pull off that opening scene without him. They said it's without him, they would have had no movie. They get that many guys that know how it looks and how to act. They said it was you know, just invaluable. <laughs> nice. All right. John, so you, and another what, interesting fact oh, sorry. Real quick is Morgan Freeman did all his own stunts. Wow. Of course that? he did. He's just Morgan he, Freeman. He's just, did oh, all really? His own oh, but, really? Uh, wow. By the way, Morgan Freeman looks exactly the same now as he did back in, when this movie was made. He, the <laughs> only difference is that his hair is a little bit more gray. Cause who was he on electric company? Uh, John, uh, what was his name on electric company? I think that he played a uh, easy reader. I can't remember. He might have played easy easy reader. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, uh, but he got to middle age, and then he just that's where he stayed. So you know, good I think for, that's when he got bit by a vampire. He just stopped aging at good, that point. Yeah, good for oh, Morgan Freeman. Fantastic. Yeah, good for him. Uh, John, you revisiting this movie? What did you think? Yeah, it's it's a good movie. It's beautifully shot, and uh, it's a very interesting story. And um, especially when you realize that last, you know, that last scene, that's a suicide mission. Anybody that's going, you know, to storm that uh, that fort, that's that's a suicide mission. And that's that's what makes it so heavy at the end. They all know they're not coming back. He gives that uh, reporter his letters and they, they know they're not coming back, you know. So that's that's pretty heavy. The whole thing is sort of like moving toward that that finale. You know, it's it's but amazing. The, uh, it's amazing that you get that yeah. you get that moment of hope when they finally get over the battlements and they're in there and they're mm-hmm. kind of like they're rallying and uh, you you know they make this charge and then they get to the the fort and there's two cannons set up and they just set the cannons off and that's how it ends. You know, um, that always reminds yeah. me, Justine, if I may wax poetic for a, a minute. I always think of that scene at the end of every Dodgers postseason the last few years. I just we come charging in there, and there we go. There's our moment of hope, and then right at the end, there's two cannons. <laughs> You're like, we made it, we made it, you sons of bitches. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, that ending for me is, uh, I you know, I yeah. Uh, I always uh, that always it's always such a heavy ending, um, but uh, you know, the, the performances are amazing. I think this is the first movie where I really noticed Denzel Washington. He had done other movies, but this is the one where you just go, "Wow, who is this guy? This guy is going to be a this guy's going to be a heavy hitter." You know, he, he's this amazing. You he's know? so intense. 
he's so intense and just yeah. how he, you know, you know, his character and, uh, you know, you know, the, you know, the, 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 you know, everything he carries with him, you know, before you ever see the scars on his back, you know, he's been through some, some stuff and, yeah. uh, and you just want to know what, you know, he's a fascinating character. What, what drives him, you know, why, you know, why is he so angry? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, uh, and, um, but you get the, and the thing is, I'm glad that you really get time to get everybody's backstory. Nobody got short shrift out of those four characters. You really get to know all four of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because uh, you've got the one character who's uh, who can't read. You know, he's illiterate, but he's great with a gun. Yeah. And then you have um, my favorite. Yeah, um, I know. And you wonder who that is, because out of all those actors, that's the one where I can't think of anything he went on to do. Afterward, yeah, he was so good in that. And um, they all the way. Yeah. You put them all in a tent and, you know, you train together. And finally, yeah, they all pull together. They are. All, they have each other's backs. You know, that, that scene where uh, Andre Brogger puts the, the uh, you know, he sees that Denzel's going to get it. So he puts the, the bayonet right through the guy. And, yeah. you, you know, you realize these guys are really literally have to have each other's backs now that they're in the thick of it. But, um, yeah, you get it just it's just fascinating to get all these different viewpoints. And um, I, I just love it when Morgan Freeman, when the, they want to give him that honor, you know, and he says, I'm not sure I want it. Matthew Broderick goes, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, did, I didn't really want this job either, you know? Yeah. And then at the, uh, toward the end, that, that there's a, that great moment where, uh, where Matthew Broderick's talking to uh, Denzel's character and, uh, he wants to make him like the guy that holds the, the flag, holds the colors and he doesn't really want to do it. And he says, you know, this isn't really, he says, you know, even if we win, you know, what do I get out of this? You go back to your nice nice house in the north and it's like what do i what do we get you know it's like uh he says this thing stinks and nobody's gonna come out of it clean and uh he's he, he's he knows he's right he just says yep yep but if we don't win you don't get anything you know so it just mo- that was just a really nice they in, put in some nice quiet moments you know mm-hmm. uh, all the battle scenes everything shot beautifully it's all well done but it's the quiet scenes it's the uh sort of these intense quiet scenes one-on-one that really I think carry the movie. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, let's rank it up. Like, oh, sorry, John. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I'm just gonna say it's like everybody says you're you're learning something uh, that, that you don't get taught in high school or elementary school. You don't you're not taught about you know that situation. The Civil War is a really messy situation, and it isn't it isn't so clear cut. No, that's you know, right. There's a lot of uh, that's right. There's a lot of nebulous gray area that's really yeah. You, you want to know more about it. When Patrick told me they watched it in his high school, I was like, "Really? Like, I mean, they never showed this at all for me." Yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's it's kind of, but yeah, they want well because it's again, it, it there's a lot of gray area. It's like uh, you know, these people. From you know, it's the- a tough. It's a really tough thing to teach, and but it needs to be taught, and they need to give more thought about how they teach it because we're still dealing in 2020. We're obviously right now. We're still dealing with how this was not handled, you know, and how the after effects of the war weren't handled right. And well, we're still dealing with it. Well, in nineteen eighty years later, in nineteen eighty nine, when 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 do the right thing was made, we were dealing with that. And thirty years after do the right thing, do the right thing. You could make that right now, and just add references to people who have been yeah. killed, and it, you'd have the same movie. You'd have the same movie. So it's kind of a line of progression. Like yeah. yeah, it's almost a line of progression of inaction. <laughs> like It's like, how little have we done since this, you know? 
uh, you know, because so. But um, yeah, there's a lot. To, there's a reason we stuck these two movies together, you know. So, uh, but let, let's rank it up. Let's talk about it. John, what do you give Glory? I give it an eight. Eight. All right. All right. Patrick? Uh, eight and a half. 8.5. Jake? I'll give this one an eight. Eight. And Justine? Seven. Seven. I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. There you go. Eight. There wow. we go. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. 1989 to do the right thing. A Spike Lee joint. Patrick, take it away. Uh, this 1989 film released on July 21st received an eight uh, on IMDb and 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, with a budget of 6.5 million, gross 37.3 million worldwide. And uh, for awards, uh, it was a nominee for Best Actor in Supporting Role and Best Writing Screenplay, as well as a nominee for Golden Globes Best Picture, uh, Best Director, and Best Performer. Now, Patrick, who was up for? Who was that? That was best up for. They were up for Supporting Actor. Who was it? Uh, Danny Aiello. Okay. Uh, Patrick, I was going to say, read the. Uh, Best Picture nominees for 1989, if you can find that. Yeah, hold on one sec. Because I remember what won. John, do you remember what won this year? Oh, hell. Was it like Driving Miss Daisy or something? That's right. That is right. Yep. Yeah. This wasn't even... How was this not nominated for Best Picture? How was this not nominated for Best Picture? Because it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah, that's it. On the on the nose. That's it. You don't want to feel uncomfortable. Stage, does not make you uncomfortable. <laughs> no, it makes people feel good about racism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know that's the thing. It, it, it's weird that Denzel was not Denzel. I'm sorry. It's weird that Morgan Freeman was in both of those, Glory yeah. and uh, and Driving Miss Daisy. It's kind of weird. The thing with Driving Miss Daisy, one thing you can say is he had done that. Um, as a play, and that's why they cast him. He had done the play of Driving Miss Daisy. So, um, you know, you got to give him props for that. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, John John hit it, Patrick. It was uh, Driving Miss Daisy won in 89, I believe. Uh, and, uh, Driving Miss Daisy, born on the 4th of July. Oh, shoot. Shout I out to my I'm wife. Born on, uh, Driving Miss Daisy, born on the 4th of July, Dead Poets Society, uh, we're the three. And which, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And not Batman. No, not yeah. Batman. I just, John, I just remembered, <laughs> I, I just watched an old David Letterman with Catherine O'Hara, and uh, mm. her husband is the set designer. He was Tim Burton's set designer. So he designed the oh, set, yeah. he designed the set for Beetlejuice and did ba- the Batman movies for Tim Burton. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I that, love the Beetlejuice set. Yeah, Beetlejuice that's set Catherine set. O'Hara's husband. So, uh, yeah. That's how she met. She met him wow. on. The, she met him making Beetlejuice. Yep. Wow. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot. I knew that. That was a fact that I knew in my head, and uh, it just you know was uh, wow was in there somewhere. Thank you for sharing. Was floating around. Thank you for sharing. 
Uh, of course. That's what I'm here for. Uh, let's talk about it. Do the right thing. Who had seen this movie? Raise your hand. Using your voice, raise your hand if you had seen Do the I Right Thing. Or... We'd seen it. Yep. Yeah. So, Jake, you had never seen Do the Right Thing? Nope. All right, let's 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 start with Jake. Jake, what did you think? Do the Right Thing. Let's talk about it. Give us your initial Holy impression. Shit. <laughs> Holy shit. So uncomfortable. Okay. Just, I mean, it's 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 really well done. Mm-hmm. I thought all the acting was fantastic. It was. It took place in Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn. In the bedside. I the, mean, in the bedside area of Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is now, but I, it's there's always that there's always that um, stigma, or it's always the um, like the notion that um, New York is always kind of scattered up into different um, like different sects or different areas based on race uh-huh boroughs what hits at home yeah, yeah. All, all boroughs there you go boroughs mm-hmm. yeah all the irish all the irish hanging together all the italians chinese whatever what do you want to call it korean yeah, korean or chinese or whatever you want to call it is that what you just i said? don't remember i don't You're remember who i don't remember somebody's don't racist were. i'm just kidding i don't remember who. but you know what look if you think about it all major cities are segregated that way in la you know east la to some extent you have koreatown you have little saigon you have you know you, you know you have so it's all broken up into zones you know it's, it's kind yeah. of uh it's kind of you know self-segregated sometimes uh if that's not a testament to our country still then shit well a lot of it is also manufactured but well some of it exactly but a lot of it is all all, a lot of that comes down to gerrymandering and uh redlining and things like that where people were people of color were put into different um into different neighborhoods. But what happens in say like in a situation in Los Angeles where you have an influx of immigrants, they tend to go to places where there are already people there who speak Spanish, right? So if you have people from Mexico, they're going to go to places where the people are already speak Spanish. So they're going to end up in Boyle Heights. They're going to end up in, you know, in, you know, Montebello. They're going to end up in places where there are, there's a, a large, you know, Latino population. They're going to go to Santa Ana or they're going to go to those places. Um, you know, the you know Vietnamese immigrants are going to go to where they have family, so they're going to go to they're going to go to places where they're you know they're going to go to Garden Grove and things like that because that's where the population is. So it starts out it starts out kind of um, you know nefarious, and then it ends up just you know they, it perpetuates because that's where the people congregate. You know, so and I'm sure it's the same in New York. It's the same in every big city in in America. I think, um, but yeah, this is definitely because. They talk about it. Dan Aiello's son, John Turturro, mentions we should be in Bensonhurst, which is another neighborhood in Brooklyn, um, which is you know predominantly Italian. He's like, why aren't we over in Bensonhurst? Why are we, why are we coming down here? You know, to to sell our pizza. You know, interestingly right. enough, interestingly enough, Dan Aiello did not want to do this because he felt that having a pizzeria was a stereotype for an Italian character. Um, wow. I don't know what convinced I don't know what convinced him to finally do it, but he had that conversation with with uh, with Spike Lee. He said, you know, it's just as you know, this is just this is this is a just a stereotypical. Like everything was like that. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, everything in the movie is like that. So mm-hmm. it's telling a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think he finally figured it out because you know he obviously puts in a great performance. Um, hmm. 
I worked for my uncle when I was growing up, and my uncle was very much like poor Danny Aiello, just having to break up stupid family fights and being a referee, you know, more than actually, you know, doing work. <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of, I kind of feel sorry for him throughout the movie because I know, I, I know what he, I, I saw this up close. But Jake, aside from being uncomfortable or dealing with, you know, uncomfortable uh, topics, how was the execution of that? I thought the execution was great. Yeah. I mean, all the actors felt very um, believable. They all felt very organic. Mm-hmm. You were, it felt like you were, it felt like you were just, you know, you were walking down the streets of Brooklyn and you're just walking through the neighborhood and all these, you know, all these people just have gotten to know each other. And um, especially Sal with, um, what's the one guy? I forget the guy's name with the boom box. When the boom box Radio Rahim. Radio Rahim. Radio Rahim. Rest in peace, Radio Rahim. The actor, the actor passed away too a couple of years ago. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, his name escapes Bill me. Bill Nunn. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah, he passed away, I think, a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I think this was his most famous role, but he turned up in a lot of movies. He was, he was, yeah, he, I mean, he did a great job. Mm hmm. Just every, everyone in this movie just felt so genuine that it's like, I think that was probably why it made me a little more uncomfortable for it because this felt, it felt, it felt so real. And you, you also, you, you felt like things were, when things fall apart at the end, you feel those relationships come apart uh yeah, you know that i mean all these relationships especially with with um with sal and the entire community they all you know have this great relationship with him you know them him always providing the food mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the situation happens and just everything just falls apart mm-hmm. and everyone immediately turns on sal the heart, and, what's heartbreaking you know, though? He's just, he's just trying to defend his business, and then the police get involved and shit hits the fan. Well, what's what's hard? What's heartbreaking with Sal? What's heartbreaking with Sal is he gets so angry mm-hmm. that because the community because mm-hmm. because of everything that's going on, he gets so angry that he drops the n bomb at Radio Rahim. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the moment that it breaks. That's the moment that, like, you know, because I know a lot of people wonder why Mookie ends up being the one that throws the trash can. But I feel well, like those kids are for him too until he says it. Exactly. They're all fighting. Yeah, they don't yeah. remember. They remember they they're they're going kick his ass, Sal, and they even tell him, "I grew up on Sal's pizza." Like the, Sal's Sal's are you know like I grew up there. I'm not going to boycott Sal. You know, are you are you crazy? Um, and the the thing is. With this movie, there's no easy answers. Just like in real life, there's no easy answers. No. You know, because you can look at um, you can look at Buggin like like he's a rabble rouser, right? You know, but he has a point. This is our neighborhood. Why are why why are why aren't we represented in our own neighborhood? You know, you see the point, and you you know, and it's funny that he's trying to get everybody on his side, and he he can't do it until the end when Radio Rahim finally is the one that says, you know, he made me turn off my radio earlier um but everybody in the neighborhood kind of you know even they kind of tolerate even sal's son um you hear when he when he starts slapping smiley around or he starts shoving smiley you hear the three guys on the corner yelling at him right and sal yeah. has to kind of come over and and um and and calm stuff that, down i mean that seems rough. that seems rough too yeah 
Yeah, that's. I mean, this movie's real. This really, movie, there's no, there's no pleasant, there's no pleasant, there's no pleasant scene in this whole movie. Sure, there is. There are pleasant. Uh, scenes what about every time there was a woman in the scene? <laughs> oh, wow. What about what about all the almost almost? What about all the scenes of Sweet Dick Willie? <laughs> <laughs> I like that his first line of dialogue is. I like that his first like dialogue is "F Mike Tyson." <laughs> <laughs> that always, always makes me laugh. Y'all know why? You know, y'all know why they call me Sweet Dick. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't need to but tell I, you. I think, I don't need to tell I think you. His you best line is what he says. Why don't you boycott the barber that cut your hair? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Sweet Dick Willie. Uh, those guys are like kind of like a like a Greek chorus for this. Uh, for yeah, this. yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta love it. You gotta love the the peanut gallery on the mm-hmm. corner. Did you? I feel like every every city every town needs needs a sweet Dick Willie and a couple of guys just sitting on the corner. Just, well, you know what's funny? Everybody by. Like in L.A., like we didn't. You know, I didn't grow up in the city, and L.A. doesn't have. You know, L.A. spread out, so we're not a walking city. Like everything in Brooklyn, obviously. Uh. That that was shot on a real street in Brooklyn, um, and you know you're, everybody's walking up back and forth up to the the street, you know, to the pizzeria, to the store, whatever. What struck me as real is I I worked a couple of jobs where, you know, I worked at a video store in high school, and you'd see the same people walking up and down. It happened to be on a little strip of Whittier Boulevard, where it was a little bit like that. There were apartments and people would walk. There was a, there was literally a pizzeria. There was a this John knows where it is stuffed pizza. Um, there was a couple shops that were along the boulevard there and people lived like would walk across the street. You'd see the same person three or four times and they would greet you every time. Like that scene where he's walking down the street, he sees bugging out like later in the day and they like greet each other again, you know, that's real. That felt real to me. Like you see the same people over and over throughout the course of the day, you know, um, I, I felt like that was like a real, that, that, that felt real to me. Cause you'll just greet them. Like you haven't seen them all day. Uh, yeah. there are things that felt real, you know, the characters Every, felt, everybody was, you know, there were some broad characterizations, but people felt real, you know, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, what was most, even, un- the, even the mayor, the mayor I thought was just such an awesome, just such an awesome character just to watch and see that, you know, everyone else sees him as this, as this drunk is just walking, just walking around and just bugging everybody, but he's got, got some substance to him there's yeah. a, there's a there's a there's a deep layer of character behind all the drinking it's, it's, yeah even even some even a character like that or who really doesn't have like this huge like a huge part in it apart you know saving the kid and just kind of being around trying to be the mediator but he's just yeah just such an awesome character that you want to know more about or that would be a guy you would see on the street and you would want to like sit down and chat with for an hour just to see his story. Unless you're, you're, unless you're, 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 um, you're the lady. I forgot her name. And then the you're married. And then you're married to him. <laughs> in real life. In they're real, married. <laughs> yeah. In real life. And they were, they were, they, and they have a life. Um, their background is activism. They were activists their whole life. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they were cast, you know, that, that, that uh, Spike Lee cast him in this movie. Uh, the whole cast, um, you know, people, we say that about people like John. You and I say this about like the Corn Brothers and Sergio Leone. But I always feel like Spike Lee is everybody as good as ca- at casting his movies. Um, oh yeah, he, he always knows exactly 
who he wants and you know who's going to play the part and and he's really really good at picking faces and um everybody yeah. kind of has a look yeah. you know everybody in this movie has a look to them and it's a slice right out of 1989 i mean this is what 1989 looked like and guys did you guys hear yeah. enough of, of fight the power did you guys hear our yeah. anthem? <laughs> I mean, this is this is a movie for this pod. If there was a, ever ever was a movie for this podcast, it's this. Uh, you know, it's this movie. Uh, so, Jake, were you able to? Did the discomfort you felt, or in dealing with the dis, you know, the stuff that the uncomfortable topics was that? Did that lessen your enjoyment of the movie? No, not at all. It's uh, it was it was the major discomfort was really at the end when it's like, there's really, there's really no, everyone's in the wrong as at a certain point where and just everything's wrong. I mean, cops unnecessarily murder a man and everyone turns on. It's just that, that whole, that whole ending part was a major discomfort for me. Yeah. Which is, which is the intention. Yeah, I mean, you you see that you get to know these characters throughout the day, and then it all comes apart. It all, yeah. you know, it's it's like the hottest day in Brooklyn, you know, and and it's uh, this this is always this always thinks I always think this would make a good um, a good double feature with the Dog Day Afternoon, you know, kind of yeah. everything that can go wrong, you know, goes wrong uh, at at a certain point. Uh, and the temperature just makes it worse. And the, the way it's shot, it looks hot. This you know, this movies where. Uh, like you feel, you yeah. feel the weather. This movie, and I think um, uh, Ernest Dickerson, I think is the name of the cinematographer. You might want to check me on that, Patrick. Um, I will look it up. But they, they like they purposely made everything that you know the paints, the color schemes they used. They used everything to bring it, to make it look hotter. So that's why, that's why the three guys are sitting in front of a red wall because they wanted to reflect that heat and they wanted to look hot. They wanted to give the impression that it was like, you know, they wanted you to feel that heat and know what it's like to be, you know, aggravated. Yeah. Every single character in this movie looked like they were just sweating. their ass off. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow uh, the mayor always looked, uh, looked uh, comfortable, even though he was wearing a hat and uh, like a, like a, like a seersucker suit. (laughs) Uh, Justine, you had seen this movie many times. This is you love this movie. I love this movie. Yeah. When did you, you when, when did you first discover it? I discovered it in college when I took a film class. Okay. And this was on the list to watch. Yeah. And what what struck you about it the first time you watched it? Um, I love the tr- I love movies with truth like that. I love it. Like, I love a good, honest fight in movies. I love watching divorces happen in movies. I love, like, everything. Everything he broke down in this movie, like, I love. You like it when it's real. I love just things that are real. I love when it's um, it's just truth in your face. Just, oh, I love it. I love that uncomfortable that you feel, Jake. Like, that makes me so happy. Makes I love you feel it. Bad. Yeah. That tension. Um, yeah, like, honestly, I didn't really know, or at least I just didn't pay attention until I was in that class, like, directors, I never even thought about them. I know they were winning awards, I just didn't think about them, really, mm-hmm. until I had that class, and then that's when I opened my mind to Spike Lee, and I was like, I love Spike Lee, all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved him after that, um, and I've loved his movies, so. This movie, I just, I love it, I love it. 
I love it so much. Do you have a favorite character? I like Mookie. How do you not like Mookie? Yeah. Um, Mookie. Um, and I like, uh, what's his name? Um, Samuel L. Jackson, when the water hits his his um, oh, radio station. He's like, He's hey. like whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Samuel Jackson, great. What a great, uh, almost narrator. Um, when he breaks everything, too, and they're all going back and forth, which is, I love that scene. And he goes, stop. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good. Yeah. That's the truth, Ruth. I love it. It's just like you watch it and you, it just opens up your mind a little bit more if you haven't seen it before. And it, it's good. It puts you, it's it's very much a movie that has a very, a, a very strong sense of place. Like you feel like that, you know, you know, it's a real neighborhood. Those are real people that live there. Um, yeah. And, and the way he films is just so different. The way he's the way his camera angles are, it's just still so young and fresh yes. compared to what we've been seeing. Exactly. So I love that. I loved it. This doesn't so his style is always so interesting and I love that about him. Th- this doesn't look like any other movie made in the eighties. And you could we we said that about a couple of other movies, but this is more in a more realistic way, this this kind of you know, he's kind of setting the the tone for, for what's to come. Um but yeah, everybody. Nothing sugar coated. Everyone's saying how they feel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the part with the um, the end when like that Korean guy's saving his shop. He's like, "I'm black." He's like, "You're not black." And the guy's like sticking up for him, and he's like, "No, he's black. He's black." I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, he's he's in I the. Na- this. Yeah, he's, he's in like, the. I'm na- like you. <laughs> yeah, you know he's he's black in that he's not white. You know, he's yeah. not, he, he, he suffers the same. There's that really interesting, exactly. there's a really interesting scene where they, he's calling the, the one guy, I forget who it is, it's the older one of the three guys, but he's saying, look at these Koreans, they come over here, they just got off the boat, and here they are, and they already have a shop. Yeah, that guy was like so upset from the beginning. Yeah, they yeah, already have a shop, and, and Sweet Dick Willie tell him, he's like, what are you talking about? You just got off the boat. Like, what are you mad about, you know? And, um, um. It's funny how I like that reminded me of conversations I've had with other Mexican Americans about look at this dude, he just came here from Mexico and he's already got a house and blah blah blah. And it's like, you know, like you have those talks with people, you know what I mean? Like that's what I love about this movie. Well, uh, yeah, well they're always very different from you. Like like when I see a Filipino that came from the Philippines, they're so different from me. Of course. <laughs> yeah, right? Because you're you're quote unquote American, right? You're right. You're, yeah. you're assimilated, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, so um, just so different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, uh, it, it's funny that this movie explores a lot of a lot of prejudice that isn't necessarily black white prejudice. It it explores it. Yeah, that's the best. I like that part about it because you feel included when you watch the part because you're like, yeah, like we're outsiders too. But like, I feel it. Yeah. You didn't have all the races in there, but you get it because mm-hmm. he brings that part in too. And you're like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got the Puerto Rican guys hanging out together and they're, you know, they, yeah. they want to listen to their salsa music and, you know, um, <laughs> it makes it, it makes it about, it makes it about all minorities, not just, not just black. Yeah. It's, th- there's a lot going on in this movie and there's not easy, there's no easy answers. That's the thing. This movie doesn't wrap everything up with a bow. You know what I mean? It kind of it still you, hasn't been wrapped up. Exactly. You salvage the relationship with Sal and and Mookie. That kind of gets salvaged, you know. Kind of. Kind of. 
I love him. He's like, take the money. I'm not going to take it. Then <laughs> he takes it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's your favorite character? Um, I like bugging out. Uh, I like bugging out because, you know, he's, I, I see, you know, I, I liked it. I, I like, I like his character because, you know, I, everybody knows somebody like that. And, um, He's just kind of your neighborhood. He's like the guy that's, uh, you know, hey, look, my, my, my signature sign-off, Stay Brown, that came from, from him telling Mookie to stay black. Uh, so I always kind of identify. And uh, now, he's, uh, now he's got a dark lightsaber. So I mean, we got to love him. <laughs> he's got his own purple lightsaber. He's got his own, he's got his own dark. No, no, no. Uh, he's the guy in The Mandalorian. John Carlo. Oh, he's, the other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the villain in The Mandalorian. That's right. Um, Hey, there's two people from Star Wars in there now that I'm now that you're thinking now that I'm thinking about it. But um, yeah, no, I like bugging. I like everybody. Everybody in this movie, you know, the relationship that Rosie Perez has with her mom and with um, and with uh, with Mookie. That's I wish yes, I wish her that, with her kid. I wish yes. that got explored more. That felt so real. I felt, I felt so like they real. just they showed everything in one movie. But yeah, you want to explore everything in the world, but it's great. It's I love this movie. I, I like uh, my favorite. I probably Mookie just because you're seeing everything through Mookie's eyes. Um, I like uh, uh, what what's the younger brother Pino? Um, wait, no. Oh, who's Richard Edson? Yeah. Who's the? Is he's Pino, right? Who's the? What, what's John Turturro character? John Turturro's character's name. Um, uh, I, can't, oh, I don't know. I can't think of his name. But I love that situ. I love that scene where Mo- where Mookie tells him who's your who's your favorite singer who's your favorite comedian who's your favorite he's like everybody you like is black like why are you you know why are you saying these things why are you like this i love that scene um yeah that's a great that's a great scene and uh, he says man your hair is kinkier than mine <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's there's so much to explore you could watch this movie over and over and see something new and and like you said justine the way it's shot the, the word vibrant Every scene has life. Every scene, there's something going on. There's something going on in the background. There's always something kind of popping off. The colors, the color scheme, everything about this movie is just vibrant yeah. and very uh, full of life. Um, and then, and I think again, Jake, that's why you you have that. Um, I think that's why you have that reaction. Uh, you know, because everything seems it's kind of a fun movie up till the end. You know, so. You know, you, you. I think that's why, because that's why that part made me so uncomfortable, so contrasted from the rest of it, where it's all just kind of a day in life. Yeah. And then just this situ, this one situation just kind of turns everything into chaos. I got all to, of a sudden turns into rioting and looting and. And yeah, and somebody dies. You're not a, when you start this movie, you're not expecting somebody to die. No. Uh, and that's the shock and the horror of it, and that's, and that's what Sparkly's trying to say. Like you know, people. You know, nobody goes out of their house. Radio Rahim didn't leave his house that day expecting to be killed by the police. And um, and that's why this movie's still poignant, you know, 30 years later. Uh, Patrick, what do you think of this movie, my man? Uh, I mean, it's it's such a powerful and stunning movie that it's every time you watch it, you kind of get wrapped in into something else. Um all of the background characters are so unique and interesting and well-developed that it's a fascinating film. Um, and it's 
it's scary how much it parallels today's world still in the fact that things haven't changed and we're literally still dealing with this now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a wonderful film, and I think if it was released today, it would have probably received more critical acclaim yes. than when it was released. Like, it's... it's I, I can't recommend this film to enough people. It's a stunning film. And the way it's shot is so beautiful and I mean, it's it, it provokes such emotion and such thought in you that, like, it's hard not to watch it and to not be moved by it. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right on all counts. And, uh, yeah, I mean, aside from maybe, you know, changing some of the graffiti to name, you know, if you put... Well, I mean, that if, I think if you change that and then probably just, like, some of it, like... Well, it is an 80s movie, like, it's definitely, it feels a period piece, not, you know, something that, like, it doesn't age, it, it still is understandable and, revel- and prevalent and relevant now, versus you can get kind of dated with a lot of 80s films, and you don't get that with it. Yeah, no, aside, much. aside from some of the clothes and the haircuts, you know. But and- even that, like, it doesn't bother you, because it it feels like a documentary, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, it's very much a slice of life. Yeah, if you put if you put Brianna Taylor's name in the in the graffiti, you know, it, yeah, not much else would change. Not you wouldn't need to change much else about this movie. No. Um, yeah, uh, John, what do you think? Did you see this when it was first released? I caught it on video. I didn't catch it in the theater. I caught it on video uh, when it came out on video. I didn't catch it in the theater. I don't remember why I didn't see it. I remember wanting to see it and uh. not seeing it. Yeah, it, uh, I don't know if it was citywide. I think like the first weekend, it might have only been like uh, uh, Hollywood and Westwood or something. Um, yeah, I, I saw this when it came out. As a matter of fact, I think I went to Westwood to see it. I think I was one of three white guys in the whole audience. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it, it blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. It just left me like, just like it just knocked me on my ass. And uh, from the opening scene, from the from the music, I didn't know anything about Public Enemy, but that opening scene just knocks you out. With, yeah. Uh, Rosie Perez doing the dancing and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And it just it just pulled you in. It pulls you in from the first two seconds, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's a completely realized. I mean, everybody in it. There's not a there's not a false note, you know. Uh, there's so many characters, and you really get to know all of them, you know, because it is like told. It feels like it's told in real time. It's like a day in the life yeah. from that morning to the nighttime. And you really get the feel like, you know, everybody uh, in the movie. And so that is, I think that's, it's true. Why you feel so devastated at the end, at the end, you just feel ripped up because everybody got pulled into it and, yeah. and you don't know what the hell to feel. There's so much going on. You don't know what the hell to feel. You know, and, and then, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when the mayor hears somebody shrieking and you realize who it is and you realize the things yeah. that she must have seen. And what she's being reminded yeah. of, um, that yeah. always sends chills down my spine when I when I see that that scene, uh, or yeah. when you hear that scream. That that you know that is there's always so much in that in that moment. Um, yeah, and you know you, you you never really get to know the story of, but you know, but it's all this, you you can put it together by you know hearing that hearing her scream like that. Um, well, but he gives he gives everybody time. You get to know everybody. You get to know Sal and his family. You get to know Mookie, and you get to know everybody. Gets their you know you get your uh, your time to really get to know and and uh, 
and appreciate them. And so then when they get thrown into the mix at the end, and yeah, it's almost like you could say every step led to that last, that last night, you know, that last moment, you, you know, people tried to like sort out, well, what, you know, what was the moment where it all just fell apart? Was it coming in with the radio? Was it, you know, uh, you know, yelling at him about the boycott or, you know, what was it? Was it the choking, you know, choking him, like running over the counter and choking him or busting the window with the, uh, trash can. And it just like everything, everything led to that, you know, everything from probably the last 10 years, everything was step-by-step step yeah. leading to that, that moment, you know, it was microaggression and, uh, on top of microaggression on top yeah, of, yeah, and also it doesn't, it, so what lights the fuse is the fact that it's the probably like the hottest day of the year. So that just lights the fuse. Everything's yeah. just ready to explode anyway. But, um, the thing that blew me away was, uh, was the music, you know, I, I think it's his dad. That did the yeah. Score. Bill Lee. I was Bill just going to bring that up. And it, with Branford Marsalis, uh, from the, from, yeah. from the opening notes, it's, you know, the black national anthem, it's lift every voice. And then, you know, on the saxophone and then it's got that beautiful score. It's almost like this epic, like you're watching some kind of, uh, this epic string score, almost like you're watching like an well, opera or, or something. Well, it almost sounds like, um, am, am I, I don't know. It almost sounds like Aaron Copeland, you know, it seems yeah, like it's just exactly it's great big. It's an epic score for an epic movie and it fits. It just absolutely fits. And, uh, like everyone was saying, you know, the colors pop and, uh, yeah, all every angle, you know, he really has some unusual ways of shooting the scenes, you know, for like shooting from the ground up mm -hmm. or from the sky down. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, just everything about it was just, uh, just amazing. Just, your eyes just feel like they're going to pop out and it just knocks you on your ass every time uh, you always, you always pick up, you always pick up on something different. Every time I see this movie, I pick up on something different because it's so dense, you know, there's just so much uh, to parse through with the dialogue and it does all feel real. It all just rings true, you know? Yeah. And, and like you, like exactly like in glory, it's some of those quiet moments, like the, the scene that always, uh, gets me is when when Danny Aiello and John Turturro are sitting there and he's like, "Why are you so angry? What are you so angry about?" Like, like you know, yeah. he's he's trying to reach his son in like a real moment where he's not yelling at him and it's not like I'm your boss. You know, yeah. he really wants to know like, why are you like this? And it hurts him that is, you know. And he's like, "Look, I'm I'm proud. I, I these people grew up on my food. I fed this whole neighborhood. Like, I'm I'm proud mm -hmm. of that fact. Yeah. And that's why it's so heartbreaking when when Sal breaks yeah. when Sal." says the n-word it absolutely feels yeah. like a betrayal it feels like such a betrayal because you're like not sal kids, <laughs> yeah you those know? kids in the corner are like whoa you know those last kids he lets in and they're like whoa sal what do you, you know yeah they were on his side they were on his side at first because yeah. they're going kick his ass sal and then you know yeah. and then as soon as he says yeah. that they're like what oh that's that's yeah. you know and it's just like oh it's such a it's so heartbreaking uh, it's so heartbreaking, that, you know, but that last, that almost, that's like the second to last scene where, um, I forget his name. The one with the stutter, uh, the one with the bad stutter. smiley, 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 that boy, that shot that just put a chill up my spine when he pins the picture of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X to the wall and behind mm -hmm. him, almost like a halo is the flames and you just go, Holy shit. Now that's a shot. You <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great cinematography. Uh, great True. cinematography here, and um, uh, how this didn't win more awards. I just, I just don't think people knew what to make of it. And like uh, Jake said, well, I think it, it made was, a lot. Uh, you know, it, 
remember it was it was controversial because people didn't know what to think of it. And uh, you know what I mean? It's it's almost like ahead of its time because people were almost I like I feeling it was, that people were worried that there was going to be riots. I thought I read that a lot. Yeah. Ago. Yep. yep. They're afraid if they ran it in the theaters that there would be rioting. Yeah. So it was like it was before people were ready to talk about things. So, you know, and keep it keep it real and keep it raw. And, and and not sugarcoat it. I guess that's the number one thing you can say. This is a movie that is not sugarcoating the problem. It, nope. uh, and so people were afraid. Yeah, they were afraid to run it. I think that's why it didn't play citywide right off the bat. They ran it at a couple big theaters, like in Hollywood, Westwood, downtown L.A. They were afraid that if they just ran it like at the corner mall, that maybe there would be writing somewhere, yeah. you know. You know what? It, this, movie, this movie is kind of like, you know, you, it kind of bookends the 80s. You have a song called The Message. Um, which early hip hop, and that's another song that just talks about how bad life is for in the ghetto, and and there's no answers. It doesn't offer any answers. This movie doesn't offer any answers. It doesn't offer any. It just it's like this is the way it is. These this is the way things are right now, and it doesn't. And the, what makes the movie so powerful? It doesn't. It doesn't try to to offer you any solutions. You know, um, you know, life just kind of goes on the next day. Life just you see life in the neighborhood just kind of start to to move forward, you know, as as the movie ends, you know, you see people walking around and 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 you know, life goes on in the in the neighborhood. Um so that you know, I, that to me is probably the most poignant thing about the movie is that the, that you know, it doesn't try to offer you like like you said John, like like you you talk about sugarcoating, it's not it's also not wrapping everything up very neatly with a bow and going here it is. Cuz that would have felt that would have felt false. You know, it's, it's more like posing the question rather than concerned with the answer, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, but the last thing, the thing that got me just this last time, I probably never thought about it, but being that it's 2020, almost the last thing you hear is they're doing the last shot before the credits is uh, Samuel L. Jackson says, okay, now it's an election year. So make sure you get out there and vote. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, a movie Christ for our, a, a movie for our times, guys. A movie for our times. Yeah. Um, Time traveler. By the way, I one thing that I just I always think I always hear it, but for some reason this time it really made me laugh is when the the mayor is sitting on the step and and bugging out is trying to like recruit everybody, and he runs up and he's like, "Mister the mayor." <laughs> he calls him Mister the mayor. Mister the mayor, we need your leadership. Uh. Yeah, you know, every every time it's like 115 or whatever, I always think of that scene of uh, Spike Lee putting the ice cubes on Rosie Perez and going, "God bless the elbow, <laughs> God bless the thigh, God bless the right nipple, God bless the left nipple." I always think of uh, of of uh, every time when we when the Michael Jordan was. Um, documentary the last dance was popular i just keep thinking of Giancarlo esposito going how about michael jordan oh <laughs> 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 uh, good stuff i love i love when he tells john savage why don't you move somewhere else he's all i grew up in brooklyn and they're all oh <laughs> yeah because yeah, he's got the celtics jersey on <laughs> like boo i love I grew up here. Oh, I <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, all right, guys, let's rank it. What do you guys think? Uh, Justine? 10. Jake? 9. 
Patrick. And John. It's an eleven. Wow. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a ten. Uh, apparently we know who the racist is, so that's good. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's fucked up. Hey, that's Jake fucked up. Nine. I just did it. That's me. I wasn't sure if Jake said nine because I thought me. I heard a nine. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, everyone's giving tens. So no, he, I'm sure he said nine. He gives it a nine. What, what keeps it from being a ten, Jake? I said nine. What keeps it from being a ten? And then, no judgment. I don't know. I go, with, I go with my gut. That's what my gut. Right. I rate it with my gut. My gut said a nine, so I'm sick with well, a nine. You know what, John? I'll tell you what. It. In Jake's defense, in Jake's defense, there's a lot to unpack in this movie the first time you watch it. And it's it, too much. It, to if you watch it again, maybe I'll like maybe I'll like it more. But yeah. for right now, it's a nine. Yeah. You, you'll definitely yeah. end up, you'll end up watching it again. There's you'll, too much going. There's a lot going on. Yeah. This is a movie I like to revisit you know, some, time to time. There's some movies that you absolutely have to see more than once, and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ooh, uh, are we ready for next week? What's next week? We got Back to the Future 2. Uh-huh. We have Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, my gosh. I just that is excited. the best James Bond movie. <laughs> well, that's what he, that's what, that's where Spielberg got the inspiration for, uh, that, that is where he got the inspiration that's for. The only movie I like him in. Who's that? Sean Connery. That's the only Sean the Connery only- movie you like? Yeah, I don't. I can't think of any other one. Highlander. Never seen it. <laughs> it could be only one. Hunt for Red October. Oh, we're gonna watch that. Seen um, Goldfinger. Yeah. No. <laughs> Goldfinger. How about uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Oh, there we go. No, never seen it. Oh, come on. Oh, uh, come on. Uh, I've come seen on. the picture. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Never oh seen God. It. Oh God. You know what, Jake? It was great, Jake. We we just mentioned his first movie and his last movie in one breath. There. Yeah. Uh, by the way, update on the Dodgers. Darby O'Gill in the league. <laughs> I, I like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I have okay. bad news on the Dodger game, guys. Uh, Atlanta. What? Atlanta is on the board. It is now fifteen to one. Fifteen to one. God damn is that? Come on. Wow. Downward slope. Uh, what what inning is it? Uh, we're in the fourth. We're in the fourth inning. Oh, and what no. time is it? What time is it right now? I'm fucked. All right. Why are you screwed? I'm gonna go skate. Is somebody in the wind? Are you skating right now? It sounds like you're in a wind uh, tunnel. I'm leave right now she, and skate. She's been, she, yeah, she's been, yeah, she's been on the podcast while skating. This I've whole been, time. I've been listening up. That's been cool. All right, you guys. Well, what a great week. I'm glad you enjoyed everything. For next week, of course, as as uh, Justine mentioned, we will be uh, watching Back to the Future Two. Another movie for our times. And um, make sure you vote after you watch that one. And then uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Get out and vote, guys. It's early. Uh, there are already early lines in uh, in a lot of in Georgia and in a couple of other states. Uh, long, long lines. Uh, so get out there and vote if you can and uh, make a difference uh, this election year. Uh, Not if you can. Don't be racist. Uh, slap uh, racism down wherever you find it. Uh, it's okay to punch Nazis. It's okay. To, it's, it, Nazis are always the bad guys. Uh, there are no fine people on both sides when Nazis are on the other side. Just so you know. Just so you're not vote, confused. Vote, 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 vote. Do it and uh, do the right thing. We have a lot of messages today, and uh, yeah, it was nice to finally hear our anthem in uh, in a movie form. And hopefully, hey, look, we could we could 
we could um, we could wrap this up very neatly because uh, once you know he who shall not be named goes uh, out of office, uh, I don't have to say that anymore. Um, so you know we've been saying it for four years yeah. already. So uh, this could be yeah. this could be the the last gasp. Let's hope. Get out there and vote, and let's make it the last gasp of, uh, of you know, this horrible, horrible situation. All right, guys. So for Jake, for Patrick, for Justine, we and for John, of course. Sorry, we say, what do we say, guys? This transmission in? No, we say, fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the power. Is that beat? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. This transmission ends now. Justine didn't even wait. 